Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening in the sky above for today, Monday, March 28th. Can you believe it? We're here at the end of March. I swear it seems like only yesterday we started the month. Can you believe it? 30, and this is a long month, but it's gone by so fast. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That means that by Friday, when we meet again, it'll be a new month and time for us to share all of the astrology for a new month. I just can't even believe it. I haven't even looked at April, except I already know that there are some things going on. And like all of you, I hope uh, it was an interesting weekend. I spent most of the weekend without a voice, horse, and um, not feeling very well. But, uh, to, and today I almost didn't come back on because I just, I'm not feeling my best. My mind wouldn't center on talking about anything. I have literally an empty page where usually I have a full page. So let's just see how this goes this morning. Um, we can start with the moon, right? The moon is always a fun place to start. And uh, the moon is in Aquarius today. And it, it is at the toward the end of the sign of Aquarius. In fact, when I looked at the chart this morning, first thing, um, the moon and Venus and Saturn were all three at 21 degrees of Aquarius in a conjunction. So we start this day off with um, some powerful energy. And that was at 7, 12 a.m. West Coast time. So 10, 12 for those of you on the East Coast. Since then, of course, the moon has moved off of that. And at 7.12, right after it made the connection, it went into the void where it stays until 9.33 uh, p.m. Let me check that and be sure just because my brain isn't thinking this morning. I just want to be sure. Yes, 9.33 p.m. this evening, my time. So a little after midnight for those of you on the East Coast. So early tomorrow morning when it breaks the void by moving into Pisces. So what we have is an entire day of the wandering moon, right? The void of course. And it is the moon that really drives, if you will, the timing be behind everything that we do on a given day as it's moving through the chart, your personal chart, as well as the collective chart and, and, um, aspecting various planets across the whole of the zodiac and that keeps this energy flowing and then every once in a while at least once every couple of days the moon hits a spot just usually before it changes signs and it's like a dead zone right where we are uh, stopped and we just don't have the real impetus or energy to move on but what it i mean and it reminds me of the Pleiadian calendar, right? Where we go into the void on the 13th day and we get an opportunity to integrate everything that we've learned the previous 12 days in the cycle and uh, to just come into a quiet place to uh, even, you know, try to see how this all fits together. And then we start on the next day with the one energy and the new potential. Well, that's kind of what the moon does, only it does this periodically throughout the month. When we're in the void, it's not a good time for us to go pushing our way into getting things done. So if you have an important conversation today or an important um, something that you were going to start, don't do it today. In fact, don't do it at all until you get into tomorrow's energy when you have the moon, at, even though it's changed signs, at least it's not in the void anymore. So it's offering up something, a pathway forward. Now, what can we do when the moon is in the void then? Because that's another great question. What do we do, right? The moon in Aquarius has been bringing us innovation and ideas. And I, I'm going to share with you this download stuff that came to me uh, yesterday, actually. And um, how I got into dimensions and DNA and all of that while just exploding thoughts and, and new ideas in my head. Um, but for today, we're left with all of those maybe interesting ideas and concepts that came up 
And what do we want to do with it today? Well, we want to think it through, right? We want to maybe read more about it. We want to see where it all fits in our, in our lives. We want to, uh, what we don't want to do is take it and run with it with a new start, right? So that, that part, we have to re we have to hold ourselves back a little bit from because there just isn't the energy for being able to do that. <clears throat> so hold yourself back a bit, but certainly dig in to whatever it is that your thoughts are taking you to, or, you know, what your, your memory is taking you to, because that's a good thing for today. Yoga, meditation, contemplation, uh, finishing up paperwork. If you have something on your desk that's been hanging around that you've already started, that this might be a good day to just clean some things up, you know, let some things go, get some things off your desk so that you're ready uh, later for the fresh start. But not only are, are we ready this week for a fresh start with the moon moving out of this long void, we're also getting ready for the new moon this week. And the new moon is actually the first new moon of the new zodiac year. So it is the new moon in Aries. So officially, the new moon is the harbinger of what comes next. So we are going to probably take a look here. Did I, I didn't even print the new moon chart. I think I have it up on my screen. <sighs> so many things to talk about, right? But I, it's all a wandering around. So let's say good morning to people. Good morning, Susie and Natasha. It's great to see you. Natasha says, yes, I just went through the body physically, spiritually car wash, <laughs> spiritual car wash, and the mind is slowly, slowly in tow. I'm trusting the part of me that knows what to do. That's probably good, good I, I advice. Interesting. Today is my pearl day. That's nice, JLo. Uh, Susie uh, and Christine and uh, Debbie uh, tibbetts Tumiel. good morning. Kajela, good morning. And uh, I know I, I saw, I thought I saw Tom. There you are, Tom. Uh, he said it was Greek Independence Day this past weekend. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yay. Good morning, Pam Zaruba. It is good to see everybody. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts Tumio says, I would love a card today if possible. You know, that may even be the best thing for me to do today is just do card readings because I can't seem to think. Um, all right. So I think I'm, I got everybody's hello. Susie Gemini says, yes, my ascendant is Virgo 21 degrees and I have my Capricorn moon at 21 degrees. I have so many things being activated in my chart. Well, we, we all kind of do have things being activated because there, there's an interesting thing going on. Now I got to think about whether that was today. Yes, it is. Was it today or was it in the new moon chart? Um, what I was, I think it's the new moon chart that I was peeking at, which I didn't print. And I'm so sorry. I'll have to do something later in the week for that. Um, where planets are sitting in between other planets. So for example, we know we've had Mars and Venus in a, in a fairly tight conjunction for the last, what, six weeks, maybe five weeks, so six weeks easily. And in different signs, right? First in Capricorn and now uh, that they're in Aquarius and they're starting to spread apart slowly, right? Now Venus is at 21 degrees, of Aquarius, Mars is at 16 degrees. So they're almost out of orb of the conjunction. So we know that by the end of this month, they are totally out of orb and Venus being the faster body is moving on. But in the new moon, what we have is Saturn planted equidistantly between Mars and Venus with about a two degree spread on either side, meaning Mars to Saturn is about 20 is about two degrees. And then Saturn to Venus is about two degrees. And it's almost like Mars and Venus are giving Saturn a hug, right? Putting him right in the center of all of that. And that is also happening uh, with, the, with the new moon where we have the moon and the sun together with Jupiter on one side and Mercury on the other. So it's going to be an interesting, not, not Jupiter, I'm sorry, but Chiron on one side and uh, uh, Mercury on the other. So when we have planets kind of couched in between, it's almost like that middle planet is receiving all of the energy of the planets on either side of it. 
So for example, um, we, there's a term in, I think it's under the eaves, we call it under the eaves. So there's a sort of protection quality that's given to that planet. So for example, with uh, Mars, Venus, and Saturn, you might say, because Saturn is in the middle, Saturn is the protected one. Well, Saturn rules our forms, our structures, uh, the foundations of things, our roots. So on one hand, we have the very extraordinary creative energies of Mars and Venus, but what's being protected is the basics, right? The very basic truths, the very basic uh, foundations. So while we have all of this crazy, creative, um, epiphany sort of energy, revelation sort of energy happening uh, in, around us, um, Saturn is protected. So it's not like it's going to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of energy, which it could be easily, right? The Sometimes we get these creative inputs and I've had several and I've luckily held myself back from doing anything monumental that would change my my direction because I just haven't felt like all of the pieces of the the puzzle are put together yet so so while that's in process for me personally and and it's likely happening for all of you in some way shape or form and you can look at the house that Aquarius is in because this is the place where this is happening for you right and you could look to the the way that your 4323 is designed in your human design in the human design chart and it can give you some information about well where's this happening in my own life right what what am i what's happening what part of my life is being redeveloped uh that where some innovation is happening where some reinvention is happening but luckily the basics stay right? So the basic premise of who you are, what you're doing, what you're building is there. And even though we have this wild creative energy that could really just, you know, stir up the pot and throw out a bunch of things, um, the, the solid part is still there for us. So there's that. Then when we have the new moon, which will be on, uh, for if you're on the West Coast, if you're in the, the Pacific, the mountain, time zones or Alaska, Hawaii, it will be on March 31st, giving us two new moons in one month. But if you're in the central time zone, eastern time zones, or further off into European time zones, it will happen on April 1st, April Fool's Day for you guys. So we have this split in the new moon and the timing of which is going to be one day for one group of people, another day for another group of people. But what we're going to have is the new moon, so the potential for a new beginning in a sign that represents boldly, courageously moving forward in a new beginning, being sort of protected, cocooned, if you will, by Mercury on one side and Chiron on the other. So in, in a way, what happens, even though I, I see that as a really good thing, some people might take it in and feel like, that they're being stopped from really moving forward or doing what they want to do. But I see it as there's something in the mind and in the way that we're going to speak about what's going on with us that is needing to be worked out, as well as the wounds that might be triggered on the other side and the healing of said wounds, right, that that are embracing the new moon. So, and, and you'll see this when I actually get my collective, you know what, together and I get that chart up. Um, you'll be able to see how that's playing out. And I think it's a really good thing when we have so many chaotic things happening around us, right? So many uh, out, outer world changes or, or opportunities going on um, that we have something of grounding, right? So if we're going to ground in a new beginning or if we're going to start somewhere, we got to know that we've got to contend with what are the thoughts, the beliefs, the patterns, that we need to change as well as what are the trigger points, the wounds, right? Where are the things like abandonment issues, guilt or shame or um, uh, uh, rejection and betrayal and all of these kinds of human wound patterns, where are they going to get triggered in the process? And again, this is all happening in one sign in your chart which means it's in the whole sign system happening in one house of your chart. 
and that would be the house or the sign of Aries. So we want to look today for what's going on in Aquarius because that's where the moon is wandering and whatever new ideas and so forth got dropped in on you maybe over the weekend. That's where you can spend some time, you know, just sort of thinking about, um, considering, contemplating, but not taking action on. But then with the new moon, we have the new beginning, but there's something to do with the mind and our belief patterns that we need to shift. And also what is the wound that gets triggered by all of that, that we have to contend with so that we can protect the seed, right? It's almost like, you know, making sure that you're planting the seeds at the right season and that the weather conditions aren't going to be, uh, you know, killing off the seed before it has a chance to really take root and grow. So it's kind of an extraordinary week, I would think we could say, in that we have so much potential in how it is that we can uh, work with some of these energies. <clears throat> so uh, let's see, I just saw something that JLo, my daughter is feeling the same with her throat. Yeah, um, I was talking to uh, not, not Natasha, Asa, and she said, are you sure it is an allergies? Because I even took a COVID test thinking, how did I get COVID? But okay, I was at a celebration of life last weekend with a bunch of people I don't know. Maybe I got COVID, but it was negative. I didn't have COVID. But yet I feel kind of lousy still. So it's probably just some stupid virus or something, something that in the long run serves my growth, which is so funny, right? Because... First of all, I couldn't talk over the weekend. I sounded like a frog and I didn't feel good enough to get up and really just do something or anything. And I didn't, I, I had a birthday party I was supposed to be at on Saturday and I just didn't feel good. And I just didn't think it was prudent to go out somewhere in public when you don't feel good, right? One thing we've learned from COVID is if you're not feeling well, stay home right? Instead of passing your germs along to other people. So I stayed home from the birthday party. And um, instead, I don't know, it was one of those things again, where an article, uh, I joined this thing called Medium. And Medium is sort of a, a way station for a lot of different articles on a lot of different topics. So when you join Medium, um, you get to choose like, what are your topics of interest? I think I chose seven topics. It allows you up to seven topics. And so then, you know, you get informed when there's new articles or something posted on a, on a topic that you're interested in. And uh, so this topic came up about dimensions. And I think you guys know, I've been studying starseeds astrology or galactic astrology. I've been studying soul realignment work where I'm accessing the Akashic records in order to um, bring back soul information that is of use for uh, individuals, for myself, for other people. And when we do this kind of work, we're really sort of crossing into other dimensions. So I've already been sort of thinking about dimensions. When we look at our soul families, for example, and you're going to have to forgive me if I'm wandering. And if you have questions, you're just going to have to ask them of me because I know I'm going to wander a bit. Um, uh, the soul families that are soul's origination point, let's say, let's call it that, likely happened outside of the third dimension, right? Earth is kind of unique in the whole pantheon of, of systems because it's a 3D environment. And likely, like, for example, uh, uh, Orion's uh, Orion system, the Sirius system, the Arcturians, Pleiadians, Andromedans, they all come from these different densities or these different dimensions. And your soul is arising from one of those kinds of dimensions. But you are also here now in this 3D dimension with all of your connections to those other dimensions intact. You just don't remember them. But you access them, for example, in your dream state. And let's talk about what the dimensions are. So 1D is really just the point of where everything begins, right? It's the uh, all potential um, dimension. It has no 
depth, no height, no, there's no definition to it. So it's the all that is and the all that isn't, right? That's your 1D dimension. It holds all of the potential. It holds all the wisdom. And then there's 2D, where now we add a dimension, right? We add this dimension of of um, length, let's say, right, to to a point. So we can we can connect one point to another point, and and we can you know can draw lines or segments, and and if the two dimensional world is what we can see, uh, you know, with a drawing on paper, right? That's a two dimensional representation. When we get to 3D, we add a third dimension, which is depth, right? So now we have length, we have width, and we have depth. And in the 3D, that's where creation can take place, right? The other dimensions, when we move to the fourth dimension, which you all have access to, we add a dimension called time. So we are aware of time here in the third dimension. But what we really can't do that the fourth dimensional reality can do is see the entire timeline of something. So here's a stone I have. This is called Angelite and I keep it by me. I don't, I don't know why I picked this up when I was in Disneyland or not at Disneyland, but at a metaphysical store when I was in California and it just called to me. So I picked it up and I keep it right here next to me every day while I work. And sometimes I'm holding it in my hand when I'm talking to you guys, rolling it around in my hand. And I don't even know why I started talking. Oh, because <laughs> I told you I was wandering this morning. <coughs> so I could take this in, in if, if I were in 4D, I could take this rock and I could see its timeline. I could see it from its origins, its beginnings to the now and also into its future. And that's kind of what happens in our dream state, unless you're lucid dreaming. In our dream state, we tend to be able to move forward in time, backwards in time. And we, we're symbolically seeing the timeline of something. So our, our fourth dimension, which we are a part of, like you are a part of all of these dimensions, but your focus is in this 3D dimension. And then we can move to this fifth dimension. And the fifth dimension is a dimension of intention, right? Where we are able to see into the fourth dimension, the third, the second, the first dimensions um, as a more um, creative being. So in the 3D, we are more co-creators of this reality that we're living in co-creators, co-meaning we get this and we're getting better at this, right? Of seeing ourselves as creators, but that there are some rules about how we create in this planet or in this dimension because it's physical, right? It's denser. And so things take longer. They have, there's more to it, more meat to it, if you will. It takes time to get through to the point from the idea or the intention to the um the creation of it so we're co-creating with a power that we might call source or god or goddess uh, or intention it doesn't really matter what we call it there's another creative force with us here but when we cross into that fifth dimension that is our true creative power right that is our creative place so for instance when i access soul information for people i'm elevating myself my intention is to go into the 5d where i can see what the soul is creating so then from that point eventually as i learn more and more about this i'm going to be able to see not only what the soul was creating but then how does how, how did it get out of alignment and how do i realign or help that soul realign or help you as a soul realign so the 5D is right there now when and there's a part of you there right there's a part of you there and and the, our words are the things the limiters here right the, the words are the limiters here in 3d um as we move above and beyond the 3d dimension um it's a more telepathy or telepathic or telempathic um kind of communication because words are very limiting right they can only say and mean what what we put words to um even though in my mind, like right now I'm sitting here and I have this picture 
of all of this energy and how it works and what I want to tell you. And I don't have the words to put it in. So I'm struggling a bit to be able to help you see what I see, what I know, because the words are so limiting. So, hmm. but when we get to the fifth dimension, we're becoming, we are much more tele, telepathic or telempathic. And there's very little time between what we say or how we picture a creation and its creation. Okay. So there's that. Now, when we move into the 6D, sixth dimension, which a part of you is in that sixth dimensional world, you're creating worlds, right? I kind of see I kind of see the sixth dimension as the playwright who's written the script and who, uh, I, I guess it would be the playwright or the uh, producer, the director, I don't know, the writer who, who has the script, but then can change the script as time goes on, right? Can change, you know, I don't like that scene, so let's redevelop that scene. So the sixth dimension is really writing the script for the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture creating a, a world, if you will. And then we get into 70 and we're uh, creating not just a world, but we're creating universes. We're creating cosmos at that level. When we get into 8D, we're talking about our connection to the actual Akashic records where all that is, all that was, all that ever will be is located. And then there's 90. And 90 is, uh, I I can't even wrap my head around that one yet. It's more like um, the God point, right? The that that God awareness of again back to all that is and all that that isn't, right? The <laughs> all things and no things, right? And then I don't know how to even describe what comes beyond that yet, right? I just I don't have the words, the vocabulary. I can kind of sense it. I can sometimes even reach it if I think about it or if it's not even thinking, but see, the, again, the words evade you being able to describe in 3D what it is that you're doing, but it's almost like a going into that, that dimension, tapping into it, perhaps. Um, yeah, tapping into it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys have better words for me there, but so all of that is all within you. But here's what's happening for all of us here kind of on the planet. And that is we are all in this 3D reality. And all of us, or not all of us, but some of us are trying to ascend, right? We have this thing called ascension, where it's a new age concept of all of us trying to elevate ourselves out of 3D. But did you know that there are literally billions of souls waiting in line to come to this planet to live in 3D? Why? Because it's the only place where you can work out all of the different pain points, where you can work out all of the joyful points in a physical reality, right? It, it's 3D. And so souls that are out in the etheric where everything is very much easier to produce and to create are, are vying to come in here in this 3D. And then there's all of us here and we're all trying to get out of here. <laughs> Not all of us. That's kind of a, that's kind of a big term. But so my point in saying all of this is that you are a multidimensional being. You do not need to reach some kind of escape velocity to get out of 3D because even when you're in the other dimensions, a part of you is still aware of being in 3D. And when you're moving into, say, a 4D or a 5D consciousness, you're still aware of the 3D world as well as can be come aware of these other dimensional parts of you. You are so much more <laughs> than what you think you are. And even though here we are kind of limited because in because our focus is in this density, right? Or in this dimension, it's hard for us to connect to, like I, I, I would love to just say, okay, right now my 5D self is doing fill in the blank. My 5D self is watching me try to explain this to you <laughs> and, tr 
trying and and feeling like I'm failing miserably to try to get this conveyed because it's such a um, uh, an a, a, an experience, let's say, that defies language, right? But there is, you know, our our multi-dimensional self where we're aware of all of these different things. So then that got me to thinking about our DNA. You know, we know basically that the DNA is a transducer of light, meaning that it takes in uh, our experiences and it ref- and our um, our growth, our evolution of consciousness, consciousness, and then it reflects that back out. So it's transducing. So the more light you're taking in. Uh, and working through your own in, uh, pain or your own wounds or your own stuff, let's just call it, then the more light that you are transducing through your DNA and reflecting back out to the world. And so this is a constant function of the DNA. We see that in uh, human design. We see that in um, the gene keys where we can, uh, we're elevating our awareness Uh, as we allow more light in and we transduce that light to reflect more out to the outer world. And then um, it made me wonder if our DNA, well, I know that if one part of us is multidimensional, then all parts of us are multidimensional. So it's not like my liver isn't multidimensional because the rest of me is, right? So it also means that all the parts of my cells Every little part, little organelle inside the cell is also multidimensional, i.e. our DNA is also multidimensional, right? It has to be. It can't be anything but, right? So then I'm thinking about the, and I'm getting chills all over as I, as I, as I really kind of ruminate about the, the function of the DNA. I mean, we know the function of the DNA is to copy um, are the cells as the cells divide to make sure that the new cell has the exact copy of uh, the other cell so that, you know, some weird stuff doesn't happen to you. Like, you know, you grow extra ears or extra noses or something like that, right? So our DNA is always replicating the exact copy of who we are. Now, that's not to say that there aren't issues that happen, mutations happen um, in, in our cells. And sometimes, you know, there's disease that's created because the cell, when it divides, the DNA is corrupt and something, the DNA, the message, the messenger RNA delivers a corrupt message to the DNA and some issues can happen. But when we think of the DNA then is, and, and how little we really know about it, right? A lot of, you'll hear it in science a lot, there's junk DNA, right? We don't understand all of the DNA, so we call it junk DNA. Is it really junk? <laughs> I mean, I I can't believe that a, a universal being such as God or source would be so obtuse as to not have a purpose for everything under the heavens, right? In, in, in creation. So to call it junk DNA just kind of irritates the snot out of me. Not enough to slap anyone though. <laughs> Oh, sorry, that's just bad. Anyway, um, so what is it that that part of the DNA is doing that we don't know? Is it where our other dimensional selves reside? It does it hold the encoding for our multidimensional selves. And I don't know that science is going to come to that anytime soon, but I feel like that's some kind of truth there. That this that that quote unquote junk DNA is really holding our multidimensional self. And so then it also then, as your DNA is a part of YOU and not something separate from YOU, then we also have conscious connection to our DNA, to all parts of ourselves, right? So that even if a message is corrupted in the DNA, we can move in with our consciousness and we can fix it. We can re-enlighten it, right? So we're re- so when we're healing, we are re-enlightening our DNA, or is our DNA re-enlightening us? 
right? Is it self-healing? I think in some respects, it's maybe give, give and take, right? So dimensions, DNA, wow. And some astrology. We've actually thrown in some astrology here this morning as well. <clears throat> Let's take a look at human design. Well, first of all, I got to see if anybody has questions and comments. There's got to be somebody thinking something. Uh, Christine says, I keep angel light and lipidolite under my pillow. I love lipidolite too. Do you know lipidolite is, has lithium in it? So it has a, a calming effect on us on the psycho uh, psychological level, right? It has lithium acts as a calming agent. And uh, <clears throat> I've even heard people say that you can throw a couple of stones of lipidolite into your bath water and uh, just soak in that water and you soak in uh, the calming, peaceful energy of that particular stone. So that's kind of cool. Uh, JLo, that also happened with my one-on-one -on -one teacher for Saturday also, like words are actually changing in vibration also. Mm -hmm. uh, Christine, a new movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once with Michelle Yeoh will be depicting the concept of traveling dimensions. The preview looks cool. That's a movie. Oh, I'll have to take a look at that. Good morning, Corey. She says I'm late, but good morning to everybody. Uh, never late, always in divine right timing. Good morning, Elisa Garcia. It's good to see you. Um, awesome. Tanya uh, says your 5D self would not think you're failing. That's your 3D self. Indeed, your 5D self is seeing the plan. It sees the whole picture. It sees uh, the all of you, right? The, the <sighs> so much more than what I can describe. It sees that whole picture. And in a very real way, so do you, right? So your 3D, 5D self are not separate, right? In our language, I can only describe it to you as something that lies up or in or over you. Um, that's language. That's the, 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 the problem with, with language. It's very limiting. But I can picture this and tell you, that you are all of those dimensions at one time, but your focus is here in the 3D. So live out your 3D life, right? You came here for a reason. So live out your 3D life. And maybe part of your 3D life, life purpose, was to become very aware of what it feels like to be spiritual consciousness in the physical body right? With this yearning. And what do we do with that kind of yearning to be something more than we feel we are? And maybe part of your life purpose was to recognize that you are all of that. Um, I left it over there, but I also, I felt like a mad scientist sort of person this weekend as I <laughs> I got, once I got into the DNA thing, <laughs> I got into um, the idea of life purposes, right? Because everybody wants to know their life purpose. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, I mean, that's their primary concern. I'm, I'm working with people all the time who, I don't know what my life purpose is. I don't know what I'm here to do. I don't know who, what I'm supposed to be, blah, 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 blah. So I was, um, I, I sort of, had this aha moment where I came up with four types of life purposes. And I got that all written out on, I, I went to the store and I got big poster boards and started working with that yesterday afternoon. And then um, my intention is to go back now with astrology and human design knowledge and try to figure out or intuit which gates in, a, in, a, in an incarnation cross belong to which type of life purpose. And one of the life purposes, of course, is to, is to just be here in the physical, to love everything about being in the physical dimension. And I related that to sort of like tribal energy for those of you who are aware of the deeper aspects of human design. I, I related that to all of the different life um, a path or a incarnation types that would come up with tribal connections. 
And then there was uh, another one where life is really just about celebration and living, loving, laughing. There's another life. I think that was the same one as the tribal one. Um, then there was another life purpose that I tapped into about um, teaching, right? Elevating, serving others. And then there, so the first one, type one was about service to the self. And that reminded me in human design of the individual circuitry who is here to be themselves, to understand their unique selves and to, to live out their uniqueness, even if they feel like they don't fit in. And I mean, there's several categories under each of these. And the fourth one, which was the most surprising thing that came in, was that there are people, some of you here that have no purpose. Your purpose is no purpose, but all purposes, right? You're kind of like that ninth dimension, one, one, zero dimension or one dimensional um, existence where you're taking it all in and you're letting it all out, right? That there's really no purpose. And that to me felt like the most freeing, right? The most freeing because it felt like almost being able to be a true being of free will, like whatever I say goes, right? And whatever I want to experience or whatever I want to do or whoever I want to be is my purpose. And I know that's not logical. So that can't come through the logical circuitry and it has to be more maybe the sensing circuitry. Um, so it's a, it's a work in progress, which I will share because I'm going to start sharing that in the work that I do with people individually is a, a, attempting to enlighten you to your sole purpose based on your human design, but not in the way that you think, not in the, you're meant to go out and be a counselor kind of sole purpose, because that's not my job. And that's not even the job of your human design, right? Because you have this thing called free will, even in the other three types, there's still free will. Even if you're here to serve the world in some way, you still get to choose how it is that you're going to show up like that. Am I going to be a teacher? Am I going to be a counselor? Am I going to be a, uh, a coach? Uh, am, am I going to be a writer and, you know, teach people through writing? Or am I going to be an actor, right? You can act out things too. So so many ahas were coming as soon as I allowed myself to live in my multi-dimensional self, even though consciously I have no clue where I was connecting to. I didn't need to know that. I just need to, I just needed to be aware of what was coming in and follow that and create it. So I was creating it in the moment and it was based on a lot of different things that I've heard and learned, but also awareness, pure awareness. And um, anyway, so I don't know how I got into that, but that's coming down the road here. Um, Natasha, being in that dimension in some sort of all nothing mind, no mind, spirit, no spirit, and more when aligning with the lighter dimensions, uh, the more etheric dimensions, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lisa Kaplan, good morning. I never remember my dreams or lucid dream and that there's nothing wrong with you with that, Lisa, nothing wrong at all. Some people do, some people don't. I actually was reading about lucid dreaming and realized that I lucid dream. And the quality of lucid dreaming is that first, you're aware that you're dreaming. And second, you can direct the dream. And I've done that so many times, but not realized I was actually doing that. So that was interesting. But then I have other dreams where I'm just going back and forth in timelines. But now that I know that I do that, I can consciously go back in time. I can consciously go forward in time, right? So being aware and lucid dreaming and not everybody can do that, nor does everybody have to do that. It is not a fault of yours. There is nothing wrong with you, Lisa, if you're not lucid dreaming, right? Don't go there. That is not the truth at all. In your dreams, maybe you're working out something else. Maybe you're working through karma. Maybe you're working through relationship issues. Maybe you're just learning what your your consciousnesses, your subconscious or unconscious mind's symbology is. Um, there is no better than or less than when it comes to your quality of your dreams like that. Um, not enough to slap someone. Yeah, I was, of course, referring to Will Smith, Chris Rock's little tete-a-tete -tete last night at the 
uh, Oscar, but I, I don't watch that kind of stuff. So I, I didn't know what happened, but, um, I think it was my, what my son-in-law to be this morning mentioned it. And I was like, what? So I had to go Google and find out what the heck happened. So I think it's, I think it's noble on Will Smith's part that he wanted to come to his wife's defense. But I also see that it's so masculine, low energy because, you know, she's not a defenseless woman, right? She can handle herself and that old masculine paradigm that wants to protect and defend that just comes out and slaps the other one but also the unconsciousness of someone that would you know make a joke of somebody's personal health issue or challenge that so so much unconsciousness played out right there in that little interaction right um i heard uh, i have this one site i go to uh, it, and it was called the slap heard round the world. And I started cracking up because I was thinking that myself, that, you know, a slap that just everybody somehow heard about, found out about. Funny, funny. Christine Bunk Buckingham, the God gene equals junk DNA, maybe. I don't know, right? It could be so many things, but it's not junk. <clears throat> Michelle, good morning to you. Lisa Kaplan says, I have a new book that speaks of a researcher who's correlating the I Ching to DNA says the 64 hexagrams. See, that's what human design is based on, Lisa. And the gene keys, right? The gene keys and human design are all based on the I Ching. So the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching turn into the 64 gates of our human design that match the 64 codons in your DNA. And so the those codons code for traits or aspects of you that are um in in the physical presence or in your in your aura and uh so it, it's it's amazing it's an, an amazing correlation that i recognized initially with human design so human design eaching and gene, gene keys are all bringing that together so when we talk today like for example today the sun is at the gate 17 which is the gate of opinions but if you look at it multi-dimensionally it is also the gate of opinions is one of just one of its lower expressions it's the gate of anticipation in the gift it's the gate of omniscience in its highest expression all knowing right all knowing all seeing omniscience so the highest that that set of codons can code for for us as individuals is omniscience right the seeing all is it omniscience i keep saying that but i want to make sure yeah so omniscience means that you see all that that there's that there's parts of you it it, it speaks to the dimensions again where all these parts of you are aware that um but in your 3d focus because you're in this dimension it's sort of you're sort of blinded you can see 2d you can see 1d um but you can't really see 4d 5d 6d 7d and on but you know they're there right we know they're there and we we just can't see them in the same way if we were in 4d we could see down to 3D, 2D, 1D, but we couldn't really see clearly 5D, 6D and above and so on all the way down the road. Okay, so that's cool. That's great that you're looking at that. Christine Buckingham. Uh, oh, we're talking about the stone, the prophecy stone. Nice. Uh, junk DNA, I feel like is just info in hibernation waiting to be activated, activated to share more info with us. That's true. Pam says, hmm, my cross then is individual and collective, right? So, so many things just coming in as I'm thinking about all this, you know, the two columns of numbers, right? In your human design, the black column, which is going to hold, hold your soul purpose and the red column holds your life purpose. So for every planet, you have a soul purpose and you have a life purpose. So when we look at the incarnation cross, which is made up of the sun from your soul purpose and life purpose and the earth from your soul purpose and life purpose. So those top four key gene keys or human design gates in your, on your human design chart are about 70% of your purpose for being here. Right? So when you have like you, Pam are saying that you have individual and collective, 
you're going to be more of the type one, type three soul purpose or purpose, life purpose, if you will. And that means that you have an aspect of you that is uh, here to serve, but also an aspect of you that's here to be your unique self and to pay, to be in service of the self. Now, can you see how that forms a conundrum in your life, right? That part of you is here with this uniqueness, this um, this idea about how maybe you don't fit in with everybody else, while the other part of you is here in service to the whole, and they're bumping up against one another. So um, that that's why I think knowing what your life purpose is, now your life purpose is further encoded by what those gates represent. So what is the sun and the earth in your soul purpose versus what's the sun and the earth in your life purpose? And I don't know why, I don't know why the incarnation cross is only sun and earth, because I honestly believe that we need to account for the moon as well. Now, it's not that we don't think of the moon in human design because we do, but it doesn't seem to have as much importance as I don't know, as the incarnation cross, but the moon is what challenges us to, to keep going on the search for our life purpose and our soul purpose. So the moon is the driver, if you will, pushing us out. Um, someone said it was staged to get people to watch the Oscars again. I kind of agree. There's probably, you know, who knows, but why do we, mm, Never mind. Um, is that what is known as split definition? Christine, that's a great question, but no, that's not what split definition is. Split definition is when, let's see, do I have a human design chart handy, dandy here? Split definition happens. Well, I have this, this isn't actually this. So in this particular chart, all of these are colored in because this was something I was doing. I was making something here. Um, but let's say in this chart, we have the head. And if this was a person, let's say the head and the Ajna were connected. But then the throat center is defined and it's connected to the identity center. But the head and the Ajna are not connected to the throat, right? None of these three um, uh, gates or, or channels are connected. So we have a split definition, right? And then if the other, sometimes, I mean, you can have up to quadruple splits, right? <clears throat> My husband is triple split. I have single definition. All of the centers that I have defined are all connected to one another. Some people have some connected and then there's a, a break and then some others that are defined and they're connected, but those that those are not connected to the others. So your split definition is a case where you're someone who needs people to help you fire all of the cylinders, right? To get you all uh, aligned with your energies. So it's almost prevent, it, it helps when you have a split definition like that, it helps for you to get out of your house, to go into a situation where you hang out with new people, even if you don't talk to them. Um, because it's that connection to others that are going to help bridge your splits, we say, right? So let's say, you know, you're struggling to find out what to do next, right? You're struggling with the next steps uh, on a project and you have split definition. One of the best things you can do for yourself is get out and go out where there are other people, even if you're not necessarily talking to them. If you can talk to them, great too, um, because it's going to help you connect up your centers in a way that that you can't do all on your own, right? And then there are times when transiting planets make that connection for you as well. Like for instance, in our example of someone who has the head and the ashna uh, connected and maybe the throat center to the identity center connected, but not the ashna to the throat, right now, the transiting nodes are sitting at 43 and 23, which effectively brings the two head centers into connection with the throat. Now you can speak to what you're thinking about or what you're inspired about, right? But doing that also has its, it has inherent issues, right? We need to know, we still have to hold the truth of who we are, 
right? Which the truth of someone like that would be that you have to have the right people in front of you in the right timing to be able to share your ideas and inspiration uh, to, to put voice to what you're seeing and thinking about, um, or else they might not understand you. They might look at you as if you've grown two heads, which is what I imagined all of you would think of me this morning, um, because the timing might not have been right, right? Or it wasn't the right people. So we have, uh, we always have to be mindful of our own personal human design. You have to know yourself first so that when you go out into the world, you can still be you while you are taking in and through your open uh, places in your chart, the energy of other people or of transiting planets. Does that make sense to everybody? I hope so. Um, Janet, do you research Sabian symbols? I'm using them lately and they resonate. I do. When I, uh, when I talk about the moons, like the full moons and the, um, the new moons, I like to go to my, uh, my Jane Rudyard book, right? The astrological mandala, which nobody seems to be able to find anymore, uh, because it has the, uh, symbolic meanings of each degree, which is basically the Sabian symbols. They're a little different. I think the Sabian symbols sometimes have been made to be a little more understandable that, you know, Dane Rudyard lived at a time when the language was a little different than what our language is today. So I, um, I do, I use both. I use them. I don't use them as in depth for, uh, as I do the other kinds of astrologies and things that I do. Um, Christine says, makes sense, even though I enjoy hermit time too. But that's exactly my point, Christine. Um, if you are a hermit, then one of your tendencies would be to isolate, right? To keep yourself, because you're so comfortable being alone. But the nature of the hermit is to spend plenty of time alone, but then have the universe call you out to be in the world. So if you're struggling with something, you're, you can't understand something or you're, you know, you're restless or you're, you know, an upset of some sort as a hermit, likely what you need to do is actually remove yourself from your self-imposed isolation, your hermitage and get out into the world, right? So that you just are activating other circuitry in your body or in your energy uh, template. So there we have that. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, Tom, I am the right person. I was born right. The rest have to marry into it. <laughs> Tom, Tom. All right. So Debbie had asked for a card and I just realized I did spend an hour talking about nothing. It feels like, but oh well. Uh, so today I'm going to pull us, I'm going to dig through until I find them. Here we go. I'm going to pull us a, Debbie, I don't know what kind of card you want. If you're still listening out there, please post there what kind of card you would like me to pull for you while I'm waiting for Debbie to give me that information. I'm going to go to our galactic heritage cards, um, card meanings and commentaries. This is, uh, by Lissa Royal Holt, who also wrote the prism of Lyra, right? The book that I was recommending that you read last week. I don't know how many of you went and got that book. Um, but I, would love to hear about it and hear what you're thinking about it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we have, <coughs> we have Embracing Transition, Serious. Hold on, I'll show it to you. I got to take a drink. Okay. Embracing Transition, the Serious of the Present, Serious of the Present, and card 62, which is an eight, eight, the eighth dimension. Hmm. I don't know. I, now I'm going to see everything through dimensions. Now I'm just going to look through and I'm going to go, Ooh, so maybe we have an eighth dimensional sort of representation here. I don't know. Let's see what embracing transition is all about. And by the way, that's in the serious system. So in this time period, the serious energy has made an evolutionary transition from fourth density to fifth. That's another thing we need to work through. What's the difference between a density and a dimension? Right? That's still kind of flying around in my head. 
um, which means a shift from physical existence to non-physical. Humans are in the process of transitioning from 3D to 4D, so the guidance of Sirius is essential here. Planetary transition can be a frightening thing because it means leaping into the unknown. Personally, you are also making a transition to a new level of consciousness. It is important to embrace this transition and trust its process, even if you can't clearly see where it leads. The energy of Sirius can help you with this process. Here's the commentary. There are many levels of guide to the guidance represented by this card, <laughs> multi-dimensions. Um, energetically, it connects to the time period in which the Syrians moved from fourth to fifth density, from physicality to non-physicality. At this time, humans are moving from a third density to a fourth density reality on their way toward integration. This is a huge transition for a planetary species. If this card has come up in our reading, it is reminding us that we are too, we too are going through a huge transition in our consciousness as we walk on our spiritual journey. Sometimes this transition creates a lot of fear because you are walking into the unknown. In that case, it becomes essential to embrace this transition, even if you cannot see the outcome. For some people, this card comes up in readings when they have experienced the death of someone close and are struggling with guilt or grief about it. No matter the circumstances, the underlying message is to always open your arms and your heart to transition. Life is full of transitions, and when they are resisted, we suffer. Let yourself embrace them as a natural part of life and an essential aspect of spiritual evolution. Ooh, gave me chills. All right, so there's that. And uh, Debbie, 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 did I see you come back with, maybe she's not there now. Debbie Tibbetts, any kind, you pick or a dog card. Okay, I pick or a dog card. Let's see, okay, well, let's do a dog card because I happen to have it. Doggy dogs. So I'm just going to give you guys a heads up um, next week. Wow, next week. I won't be here on Friday. Um, is it next week? April 8th. It's a Friday. I won't be here. Uh, my husband and I are taking an anniversary trip. We're heading to Idaho. And this town called Wallace, Idaho, which if you've ever seen the movie um, Dante's Peak about a volcano, that's where they filmed it. But the reason we want to go there is it's right near Lake Coeur d'Alene and they have this beautiful biking trail and we're going to bike. And it's also our 40th wedding anniversary. So we want to go and play. Uh, the card for you, Debbie, is Bulldog. Bulldog. Look at that face. So ugly. He's pretty. And it says creativity. Well, I happen to know that's a pretty good card for you considering what you've been doing of late. Painting and painting beautifully. But let's see what Bulldog says. Uh, okay, Bulldog, creativity. Dealing with life's demands can be exhausting, and at times it may feel like you're a mouse on a wheel. That life is that life is repetitive day after day after day. When you are feeling stuck and life has no spark, it's time to get back in touch with what brings you joy and get your creative juices flowing. Being creative can be as simple as changing the color scheme in your environment rearranging your furniture or buying a piece of canvas and painting something fun on it. Really? Seriously? She just got back from an artist's retreat uh, where she painted. I don't know, Debbie, you should, you should start sharing those pictures out there to people because they're beautiful. Um, you might surprise yourself. In order to be creative, you need to be okay with taking a risk and not doing something right, in quotes. Experiment. What's the worst that could happen? Each one of us is a creation, and creating is what we've come here to do. It frees the mind and accesses the spirit. And endless opportunities will arise when we get in touch with our creativity. So ask yourself, what am I creating? Bulldog's advice? Open up to the boundless power and fertile ground of creating where everything is possible. Bulldog! But of course, we're all here together. So this might be a message for all of us as well. And I just have to tell you guys, when I...
go into my channeling mode like I did over the weekend with the whole types and, and soul uh, types of life purposes thing. Um, certain sometimes some of you pop into my reality and, and as belonging to a specific type or that I see like that signature in you. Well, Debbie, you kept popping up as the type that's here for celebration. That's just here to be in the physical, enjoying everything to do with the physical, being in celebration, partying, laughter, loving, fully embracing every experience. That to me is your life purpose. So if that helps you at all, that's what my inkling was. All right, bulldog. Okay, that is it for me today. Uh, I intend to be here on Friday. I may show up on Wednesday. You never know. Uh, at this point, uh, Friday is the day, and we will talk more about the new moon at that time. You're welcome, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. That card is magical indeed. I mean, who would look at a bulldog and go, creativity? <laughs> well, we did today. So we have that. Uh, anyway, uh, take care, everybody. Much love to all of you. I'll see you later. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.